Welcome back to the Two Guys, a One Plant podcast, the weekly podcast that deep dives into vegetables, plants, uh, herbs, herbs today. Um, we talk about the history, nutrition, the medicinal uses. Uh, we also talk about how to plant it for yourself and grow it, um, whether that's on a balcony or whether it's in your backyard. And we also talk about the best ways to cook with it so that you get the best nutrition from it and also to pair it with the right kinds of food. Um, the other guy on the other side of this uh, podcast is Timothy Ackerman, who does it with me. G'day, Simon. How are you, mate? I'm very good. Thank you, mate. Um, how's your day been? Day has been busy. The week has been busy. What about mm -hmm. yourself? Yes, much, much the same. It uh, seems like life is getting back into full swing. Oh, yeah, very much full swing. Yes. So I'm navigating full swing with a newborn. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's challenging, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, very rewarding. But uh, uh, I think it just proves how busy our weeks have been where we are recording this podcast the day before we release it. You're not uh, supposed to tell people that. <laughs> Aren't I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are transparent in this podcast. Yeah. We don't record weeks in advance. No, we do it every week. Which yeah. is a good and, and nice thing, I think, mm. um, which means if you actually give us feedback, we can take it on board. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So how about that? Um, it's really good to see the Instagram account is doing very well at the moment. A lot of people yeah. engage. Yeah. Um, where, did you see the little note on there from people over in Spain who yeah. have their own Avocado tree. Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. 800. Eight, I know, 800. 800. And they harvest from March through till October. Incredible. Absolutely yep. amazing. I was uh, fascinated by that. Mm. Um, I can't remember what the Instagram account is, but, um, yeah, really, really cool. I was, um, I was really fascinated by that. Yeah, um, we should get them to send a photo. Oh, yeah, that would be so cool. It is, oh, yes, Breathe Ethical Clothing. So go and have a look at them on, on Instagram. They do some really cool ethical clothing. Um, and I believe they're based in Spain, which is really cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah, yeah. They start picking in February and don't stop until October. Unbelievable. I love it. I mean, if there is ever a reason to start growing your own avocados, I can give you 800 of them. Well, look, mate, you were, you were at my place um, last weekend. You saw my my sprouting avocado. What do you think? It's looking really good. It's yeah. looking very, uh, well, I was going to say full, but uh, it's looking very long. Let's put it, it that is, way. And it's, it's already bigger than when you saw it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. That's yep. It's starting to look Fantastic. like a mini tree. That's really cool. Like a little Groot. Yes, but bigger. Nice. <laughs> very, very longer, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, and I planted garlic this week. Oh, I forgot about that. How's that going? Yeah. So uh yeah, really good. And I actually bought some more garlic today that is um the Argentinian one that we spoke about, the purple garlic. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've got some of those and I'm just going to leave them out 
and let them just start to sprout. Yep. And then I'm going to plant those at the at the warehouse um, when they start sprouting. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. So really, really cool. And it literally cost me, I think, eight bucks to yep. get potting mix to mm. put it in there. And I just got some like a vegetable potting mix, yep. which, uh, you know, 25 liters and planted them as per our recommendations that we gave in the uh, podcast last week. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see how they grow. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Well, look, let's um, let's not delay too much today. We have another big episode. Um, it's covering off Sage. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even introduced it yet. Sage. No. Interesting. I know. Mm. Yeah, a herb. And I, I actually thought, I actually didn't think too much of it before uh, I started researching it. And, How much um, did you know about it before you started? Well, I have a sage plant here at home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I love cooking with sage, mm. although, you know, it can be a bit fiddly when you're cooking with it because it tends to burn very easily. Um, but yeah, I, in terms of anything other than cooking with it, and I know that it goes in risottos, mm. that's pretty much the extent of my yeah. knowledge of sage. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. And funnily enough, uh, I think it was before we decided to do Sage. Mm. I was watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm-hmm. and Gina burns Sage in the office to clear oh. clear it of her spirit when she's <laughs> leaving. And I was like, "Oh, I wonder if that's a real thing." <laughs> that's fantastic. I love yeah. it. It is a real thing. We're actually going to – I'm going to tackle a little bit of sage burning today Good yeah. uh, in the history because it's, I think it's an important um, side avenue of, mm-hmm. uh, of what this is. Um, well, look, let's jump in, shall yeah, we? Yeah, I'm really interested um, about the history. Yeah. Have you got any facts for me before we – Oh, yeah. Um, pick... I'm pretty light on the facts. That's okay. So I've really only got one to give you. Oh, yeah. You are yeah. light on on the facts. I, I didn't um I had a look and nothing really jumped out at me that I didn't think we weren't going to cover in the yes. notes. Yes. I actually found that to be the case as well. Right. So the yeah. only thing and we uh, we could cover this in our notes as well, but I found it particularly interesting I wanted to highlight it was um there are more than 900 species of sage. Wow. Yes. Just sage. I don't actually cover that, but that is crazy. I think actually the most a remarkable fact about that is that we pretty much only use two. Two. So yeah. you're thinking common sage and clary sage? Is that yeah. right? Or, yeah. Uh, is clary sage the white sage? Yes. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure it is. But, right. Um, yeah. 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 So just two different kinds of sage that we use yeah. out of 900. It's crazy. It's all. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's that's my fact, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well. Congratulations. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll hit you with one now. Um, so uh, back in the day, it was believed that sage stimulated the brain and thereby increasing powers of concentration, memory, and reasoning. And it's actually why the word sage took on a new meaning of a wise wise person. Right. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, without giving too much away... I'm going to blow your mind when it comes to <laughs> sage in the mind. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that is very uh, – I'm excited for that. 
That mm-hmm. is really good to hear. Okay, so I've got one more for – I've actually got two more for you, but my second one leads into history. Okay. So we're going to do – okay, so so the second one that I've got for you is that sage actually was rubbed on teeth to make them whiter in the 19th century. There you go. Yeah, how about that? That's interesting. Um, I would have find rubbing sage directly onto your teeth, though, quite pungent and not mm. quite nice. But it, it might clean them because it's a kind of furry sort of. Well, I believe sage is used in. Um, yeah. No, I just meant that the 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 raw the, the raw leaf would probably have some kind of kind of scrubbing action on the teeth as well. So. Yeah, I get what you say. Yeah, they're a little bit furry when they're. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Okay. Next one, and this mm-hmm. one's going to lead into history. So let's just say that this is the beginning of history, but I'm going to start you with a French folklore. Ooh, la di da. I know, right? So there's this thing called the Four Thieves Vinegar. Mm-hmm. Have you? Do you no. know about the Four Thieves Never Vinegar? Never heard of it. Okay, this Did is Four really Thieves cool. have some vinegar. Or? Ah, really? <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Um, I'm not sure how you got there, but yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's said in French folklore that the four leaves, uh, the four thieves at vinegar can actually cure the plague. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Kicking things there, mate. Uh, yes. <laughs> I thought you were like, gonging me off. I kicked like the bucket. Red Simons. <laughs> like, oh, right, you're done for the night. My desk. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, in it's like a folkloric elixir, and it's supposed to protect against the Black Death, and it's a combination of rosemary, sage, mint, and raw vinegar. Okay. All right. Yep. So basically when the plague was going through the city of Marseille in the 17th century, there was a bunch of grave robbers and thieves that were, like, going into houses and stealing from the dead bodies and are like stealing from the dead bodies on the streets as well. Right. So they didn't really pay too much attention to it because they were, they were saying, thinking that, you know, these thieves are going and stealing from people with the plague. They're going to get sick themselves and they're yeah. dying. So who cares? Right. I was just thinking that myself. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, no worries. Yeah. It's all good. So the thing was though, that these um, thieves kept, robbing people, kept doing it, and never got sick, right? So what they were doing, though, was they were covering their body and and covering their face masks with this herbal vinegar that has the strong antibacterial and antiviral properties, right? So it came to, like, the time where they caught them and when they fronted up to the judge, they actually offered them a bargain, they wanted to know what this elixir was, what this yeah. um, vinegar was yeah. that they were using so that they could use it for people in the town as well to yeah. stop them from getting the plague. Um, and it goes, you know, the tale goes that the thieves were given um, for, for, the, for the exchange of this elixir, they would be hanged instead of burnt at the stake. <laughs> oh, mate, what a deal. I know, right? So it, consequently, they gave up the elixir and were hanged and mm. uh, a much quicker death. Humans were brutal elixir. back then. I, I tell yeah. you, very, very crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. 
There's a That's little folk yeah. tale before we get into the history of Sage. Mm. So I just want to start off by saying I found a lot of good information about sage when I was doing my research. A couple of the places that I got it was from the Herbal Academy, which was really, really good, quite concise. Um, Wikipedia had some really good stuff. And there's a website called salivia.bio. Yep. Did you look at that one as well? Uh, I didn't go to it, but I, it came up in my search results. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just so that it has a bit of context, salvia or salvia is the Latin word um, or botanically what sage is known as. Yep. Um, but I'll get into that in just a second. Okay. I bet, I bet you will. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed I will. Yeah. Indeed I will. Okay, so we're going to start off with medicinal and the plant history of sage, and then we're going to take a turn and we're going to go and looking into ritualistic um, and mm-hmm. the smudging um, of sage yep. and burning. So that should be fun. Okay. So let's start with sage, the plant. So it's a herb, as we all know. Um, it's actually part of the mint family, mm. which is really cool. Um, botanically known as Salvia officinalis, um, and it's native to med- the Mediterranean area. Um The uh, botanical name comes from a Latin word, salivere, uh, which is meaning to be saved. Yeah. Yeah. Or I read or salvation or the breath of life or something or other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the the to be saved part of it um, really plays into the way people use sage as a preservative. So they use it to preserve things. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people used it back in the day for preserving meats. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I came across that it's particularly good for um, fats and and meats. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which, I mean, I'm not particularly interested in, or neither are you, but uh, uh, I suppose fats can be different things as well. Um, Yeah, well, fats fats are quite prone to um, um, going rancid. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Okay, so uh, really long history, Sage. Um, uh, due to medical reasons, but also culinary. Um, there there was a time like back in France where they produced heaps of crops, like a, an enormous amount of crop of sage because they used it in tea, um, which is very common for them. Um, the Chinese were such a fan of this French sage tea that they actually were trading Chinese tea. They would do... Um, four pounds of Chinese tea to one pound of French sage tea at the time. So this is back in around uh, 812 AD. Um, So in ancient Rome, sage was considered to have like a lot of healing properties, particularly helpful in digestion um, of fatty meats at the time. So that's what we're talking about again. Um, It was also part of the first Roman pharmacopoeia which is basically, you know, a pharmacy book of medicinal herbs and and spices, which is pretty cool. Um, They used it to heal ulcers, to stop the bleeding of wounds, to soothe sore throats. Um, The Chinese used it to treat colds and joint pain, typhoid, uh, kidney and liver issues as well. Um, So going back to the Romans, so the father of pharmacology, Pharmacognosy, 
pharmacognosy. Cool. I, I was doing really well with pronunciations so <laughs> far today, I thought. Um, yep. This guy's uh, Diosocrates, uh, right. and he was a military physician, and he was actually Nero's uh, pharmacologist. Yeah. Um, Spoke about him with the garlic. Yes. Yeah. Um, who noted down that sage was one of the most appreciated and important herbs of the time. Um, again, he used it for stopping bleeding, ulcers, sore throats, hoarseness. Um, when we sort of move over to ancient Egypt, um, some of the oldest records of them using sage of more than 4,000 years ago, and they used, um, the Egyptians mostly used sage um, as a remedy for infertility. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it also was used in treatments of serious diseases and epidemics like the plague. Mm -hmm. So um, another reference to the plague, which is really cool. So ancient Egypt had plagues as well. Um, uh, in the pharaoh's tombs, it was also used as one of the main ingredients for mixing of the embalming fluid. Um, so not the so not one single Egyptian pharaoh could not move to the afterlife without those herbs. Right. Yeah. So is that a spiritual thing or is it a preservative thing, do you think? I think that that's a preservative thing. Yeah. Yeah. Although I know sage has a lot of ritualistic uh, benefits, but we're not really into that just yet. But yeah. We're really talking about the preservation side. When we start yeah. talking about, you know, making sure that, you know, it preserves flesh essentially, mm. um, then it was used for that. So, you know, with the embalming liquid that was used in the pharaohs, I mean, when they unearthed some pharaohs fairly recently, they they mentioned how well-preserved these bodies are actually. Sure, you know, yeah. Um, uh, have lasted through centuries, mm. you know, which is pretty amazing. Um, we're going to jump back over into France again. Um, so we mentioned that it was um, used in the teas when it was like that. Uh, it was also planted in Germany in again in 812 AD, um, and they used it there for medicinal purposes. So it was the Emperor Charlemagne. Um, who had sage planted in all their gardens in Germany in um, 812 AD. Um, from 742 AD to 814 AD, uh, Charles the Great ran a medical school in Salerno, um, which is in Italy. Uh, in this school, sage was one of the 100 plants grown on the property. Um, and it was said that he appreciated sage the most of all, and that even today it's it is mandatory to be grown at all monasteries. So yeah. they know it as the salvation plant, yeah. which ties into what you saw about the origin original um, yeah. word meaning, which is cure or save. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean a lot of the a lot of the ancient texts or ancient um, references to sage from what I can see, it was really a cure for all diseases, you know, lowering body temperature, uh, curing headaches, sore throats, you know mouth and respiratory tract, 
um, urinary tract infections, you know, bowel troubles, stomach, liver, gallbladder, um, and many other diseases. Um, I was reading another thing in uh, when it came to the Romans as well, that the ancient Romans actually considered it to be a holy plant, and they actually performed a ceremony before they cut it, and they would actually use a special knife that wasn't made of iron mm. so it didn't react with the sage. Yep. And then the collectors were put in clean clothes and they had to have really clean feet before they started um, so that they could... Um, it's like it almost offer that as a sacrifice in the food. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. That's a, a lot of lot of uses there. Mm, absolutely, uh, I find the ancient use or the historical use of these herbs quite fascinating, especially um, especially when it comes into like your section that you're about to do, where you know we're we're talking. Um, uh, you know, we've said this before in, in most of the other episodes, it's it's really um, trial by error, you mm. know, uh, and we use massive observational studies to see whether these herbs, um, you know, had benefits uh, back in the day because there was no, there were no scientific experiments. Mm. I mean, they didn't do double-blind placebo uh, tests and, yeah. and things yeah. like that, you know, you know, to study the actual, you know. Yeah, the they weren't kind of qualities. looking at microbiology. They were testing it on people and seeing what happened. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, just sort of moves straight into the fact that they probably tested a range of herbs that were terrible for people mm -hmm. on them as well, right? Yeah. A lot of people died from them. Um, okay, so uh, what was I up to? Here we go. So, um it's also believed that sage is an important plant that protected against magic, fire, and hail, uh, as well as easing in the birth and conception. Um, and they usually stored it in the freezer with the seed for planting, and then they lay it in the coffin with the dead. Okay. Mm. Uh, so this, again, that's in the uh, – from what I read, that was in um, the Italian um, – in the Italian sort of history. Yeah. Um, they also, there was a guy in uh, Salerno as well um, that used to say, uh, why should a man die while sage is growing in his garden? I don't know. Why should he? Yeah. Well, no. There's actually the um, the Italian saying here of that, but I don't think I can. Hmm. I'm not even going to give that a crack, to be honest. To <laughs> get uh, Siri to talk it out for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like well, re well renowned. I think back in the day for it being, you know, this healer, mm. essentially. Um, so we're going to move forward to the Middle Ages now, um, and to really understand um, why this. Um, why it was so important to them back then, um, it's actually one of the few plants that can actually replace an antibiotic. Mm. So um, I think the antibiotics were only invented in 1928 and the use of sage as medicine um, almost meant the difference between life and death for a lot of people back then. Um, are you going to get into that? 
Uh, not not the history stuff, no. Okay, no. cool. Um, so also in the Middle Ages, um, they had the monks that had, you know, 16 different herbs that they used for therapies within the within the monasteries, and sage was one of those herbs that played a key role in their development of the drugs. Um, I believe that there was... Um, there was a guy in the Middle Ages, I can't remember what his name was now, but I read it just before. Um, there was a guy who made sure that all of the monks had to have this in their thing. So that's why it was kind of, you know, it, it was planted across every monastery. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, so the monks had this as part of those 16 herbs that they, yep. that they used. Um if we move forward to 1688, uh, there's a guy called uh, Polini from Augsburg who wrote a book in Latin that was more than 400 pages long and it only talked about sage. And it's in 400 Paris. pages? 400 pages in Latin on just sage. Wow. I know. One might even say he was a sage. <laughs> He was sage with his sage. That's correct. That's it. Um, so I'm going to read you an extract as well um, from a book that was published in 1653, um, which is the Cold Peppers Complete Herbal. Um, and there's an entry about the use of sage, um, you know, just before the dawn of modern medicine. And it basically ran like this. Um the juice of sage drank with vinegar hath, uh, I like that I get to use the word hath, uh, hath been of good. <laughs> Last week I used twas. twas. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, don't you worry. Um, the juice of sage drank with vinegar, vinegar uh, hath been of good use in times of the plague at all times. Gargles likewise are made with sage, rosemary, honeysuckles and plantain are boiled in wine or water with some honey or alum put there too. Garlic. Yeah. To to wash sore mouths and throats, cankers, or the secret parts of man or woman as need requires. And with other hot and comfortable herbs, sage is boiled to bathe the body and legs in the summertime, especially to warm cold joints or sinews troubled with the palsy and cramp and to comfort and strengthen the parts. It is much condemned against the stitch or pains in the side coming of wind. Uh, if the place be fomented warm with the um, decoctor, decoction, uh, decoction, yeah. decoction thereof in wine, and the herb also after boiling be laid warm thereunto. So I, I got stuck on the <laughs> um, clever use that he said for farting, the coming of wind. <laughs> I feel what like about I the to... secret parts of man <laughs> or... <laughs> But I feel like that has to come back, the coming of wind. <laughs> yeah, in the side. Well, it's the side coming of wind. <laughs> in the side coming of wind. Yeah, nice, mm. huh? Really cool. Um, Interesting, yeah. though. Yeah. Oh, man, super interesting. So uh, that's a lot of the history 
um, that comes with sage. I mean, the, the Chinese also use sage in their medicinal uses back in, in ancient times as well. Um, they used it for stomach, digestive, nervous system issues. Um, as we mentioned, you know, typhoid, liver, kidneys, uh, colds, joint pain, and, and more things. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it really is something that they um, that they kind of used throughout to, you know, to heal a lot of ailments, mm-hmm. um, which I found really fascinating. And it seems as though most of the time they used it um, in a tea. Yep. From what I can, from what I've read and what I was looking into. Um, okay, the next part. How was that for you? I I actually enjoyed that. I I was super interested about um, whether sage was like garlic, and um, they had found the right uses for it, and were you know different cultures were doing the same thing, and yeah, so it's interesting to see how they come about these these uses yeah Mm, i think last week because i was doing nutrition i sort of got that when you were talking about it i got to kind of go oh yeah cool like yeah and then when i spoke about it um after that you you got to see why i was so excited by how you're getting the reverse of that which is pretty cool but uh, Mm. okay well before we move on into the nutrition i want to talk really um briefly about the ancient art of smudging Mm mm-hmm which is basically banishing evil um, and curing ailments. Um, so I got, and I'm just kind of paraphrase from a website that um, that kind of talks about this whole thing, which is um, ancientorigins.net, um, which is really cool. So basically they've, you know, summarized this whole thing about uh, the burning of, of of sage, so it's the burning of plant materials that produces smoke um, and positive effects. Uh, you know, it's been practiced throughout ancient times. Um, we're talking about, you know, the use of incense in the Near East. Um, we talk about, you know, this is being practiced for centuries with Native Americans. Um, it's also been done more in New Age movements as well. Um, although it's often performed for spiritual purposes. Um, but there's also, like we said, the, the health benefits of it as well. So smudging is a ceremony practiced by various cultures uh, around the world, which involves the burning of a smudge stick, which is basically, you know, it looks like a, a little fat stick, but essentially mm. it's just a whole bunch of the herbs that have been dried yeah. and wrapped up you know, really tightly to, to be like a, yeah, like a fat stick. Basically like incense, like a incense stick that we have now, but ours are yeah. produced in a factory rather yeah, than handmade and like a stogie. Like, yeah. 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 But you want to try and think like a 50 cent piece yeah, yeah. is how wide these things are. So it's yeah, a right. lot of yeah. herbs packed into heaps going on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so essentially they, they burn um, this thing or, they they can also do it in a um, like a smoke bowl as well. So they burn it into a, in a smoke bowl. Um, so basically, um, so the smudging involves the burning of this smudge stick. And whilst white sage is the most common herb that they use for this, um, they also use other herbs like you know cedar, sweet grass, lavender. Um, among the Plains Indian tribes, they use the pure tobacco. 
um, when they were doing this. Um, uh, and also tree sap was used in Central and South America. Um, so smudge sticks uh, kind of consist of either one kind of herb or a mixture of different herbs, um, you know, in all that uh, for what they do. But essentially, um, let's get to, you know, the health benefits and the spiritual um, benefits of it. So they're saying here that uh, research shows that the medicinal smoke from a smudge stick can purify the air of about 94% of harmful bacteria for up to 24 hours. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, in many traditions, smudging involves a four-direction ceremony or prayer and the sending of smoke and prayers in four cardinal directions. Um, the effects of the smudging vary kind of depending on what the different herbs are, that are used. Um, so the use of sage and smudging is the believed to have the power to drive out evil spirits, negative thoughts and feelings, um, whereas some other herbs do different things, but we're just talking really about sage at the moment. Um, but essentially, I suppose it's, you know, when you're looking at these pictures of these really big white sage bundles, they just look really cool mm. i love the fact that you know um it kind of cleanses the area and yep. there's actual you know research that shows that it removes bacteria which is really cool um but you know i feel like um there's so much we don't know you know in the world that to to just blow this off as it being not right would just be um uh uh, almost just stupid or well, just... If there's anything we can take away, it's that, um, okay, not everything was accurate, but things that they came up with in the past generally ended up with some sort of scientific backing today. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just um, I just Googled smudge stick so that I could get a visual. Yeah. Oh, yes? Yeah, yeah. I get it now. They're cool, huh? Yeah. We might, I might, um, when we put these up on the Instagram, I'll put a, a picture of these smudge sticks so that it's, uh, people can see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I suppose I haven't really gone too deep into, you know, the, the benefits of smudge sticking, but I know it's, it's, it's actually really common practice. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, one thing to note, though, is that, you know, smudging, um, it can be performed by anyone. But uh, there are precautions that you kind of have to keep in mind when you're actually doing it. Um, you know, if you're doing it in excessive amounts, it can cause respiratory distress because there's obviously going to be smoke, smoke in the air. Yeah, it's not just perfect smoke that mm. uh, is the best thing for you. And you should really not do it when there's babies or pregnant women or someone with asthma or you know allergy-prone people as well. Mm -hmm. So just bear that in mind if you're thinking about going and grabbing a whole bunch of white sage to burn and purify your home. Mm. You should um, empty the home out and make sure that... Uh, yeah, just set it alight and leave for a while. Mm. <laughs> well, you're supposed to kind of... I'm pretty sure you're supposed to go into... Do a ceremony? Yeah. yeah. Do you see what I'm doing with... No, oh, I can see, see mate, yeah. I'm yeah. doing like this. Uh, He's waving it in the air. Yeah, I'm just, well, like I don't you just anything. don't care. 
<laughs> I'm waving my 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 invisible sage stick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose the smudging is a part that I don't really know anything about. No, I've got um, no idea. And I actually only just realized that this was a thing now. Like I've never heard of smudge stick until you brought it up. I know, right? Um, but when I was talking to Jamie about it, she knows about it. Like, there you go. Like it's common knowledge. Yeah. Uh, um, so I guess it's just me and my ill-advised, or you know, I suppose what you don't know, you don't know, right? That's it. It's always the case. So, yeah, really interesting. But I, I, I love that. I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, if I ever move house again. I reckon mm. I'll give it a bit of a smudge uh, when we move in. Go in there and give it a good smudge first yeah. before we move in. I, you know, it's refreshing. Do you know what I mean? Um, even if, anything, if you don't help, believe it. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, it would help just with the odour because the last people would leave their distinctive smells. I'm not saying whether they're bad or good, but mm. they just leave their smell and you can go in and just cleanse it a little bit. And Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So yeah, so look, that is the the history, medicinal wise, of sage and also the the art of uh, sage smudging. Smudging. Let's let's talk about the nutrition and the medicine of sage. Yes. I, I I found this incredibly fascinating i and i say this every week and it happens all the time and and i just learn so much it's uh it blows my mind (laughs) anyway oh is this was this you doing your joke about blowing minds no okay no no no, i'm gonna blow your mind that's later that's later um (laughs) (laughs) i just i want to run through a couple of um like minerals and vitamins that are particularly noteworthy when it comes to sage, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go into a little bit more detail before I move into you know the different kinds of uses and that sort of thing. So, um, of of note, the vitamin K is quite high. You get about ten percent of your recommended daily intake. Um, iron is equivalent for about one point one percent. Don't don't ask about serving size yet because I'm gonna get to it. Oh. How'd you know I was going to ask? Yeah, you I knew. I know. I know, right? I, I'm, I'm doing this like, for effect. 10% of what? Yeah, I'm okay, doing okay. this for effect. <laughs> I ruined it. No, you didn't. Sorry, That's start right. over. Start over. So, vitamin K, right? Yes. 10% of your daily intake uh-huh. or your recommended daily intake. Uh-huh. Iron is 1.1%. Uh, vitamin B6, 1.1%. Calcium, 1%. And manganese, 1%. So just on those, these are ones that are particularly noteworthy of your recommended daily intake. Now, this is in a serving size of one teaspoon. So according to this, it's um, it's quite 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 a small serving size, right? So in yeah. one teaspoon of this is of ground sage, you will get ten percent of your vitamin K daily intake, right? So oh. this got me thinking. Every episode we talk about a hundred grams. Yeah, I know. No. I know you're not going to eat 100 grams of sage, but I really wanted so that we were comparing apples with apples, right? Or sage with sage. Okay? You mean sage with oranges? Yeah. yeah. So there's actually a lot going on in sage, but mm-hmm. to keep it to keep it short, 
I picked out um, some numbers that just really jumped out at me, and okay. I'll, I'll, I'll talk through them. Right. So we scale up what I what I've talked about to a hundred grams. We can compare it with everything else. Okay. Okay. And I'm not doing these in any particular order. Um, so carbohydrates is about 22% of your recommended daily intake in 100 grams. Uh, dietary fiber in 100 grams would be 143% of your daily intake. So straight away you see that Sage is quite high in dietary fiber, yeah. probably the highest thing we've talked about. Yeah. 22% um, protein or 22% of your daily intake. Ooh. And let's go down to uh, calcium, 127% of your recommended daily intake of calcium in 100 grams of sage. Iron, 156% of your recommended daily intake. Potassium is 23% of your daily intake. So that I, I put potassium in there because bananas was 10% and then we talked about um, uh, avocado yes. being 12%. Well, yeah. sage is 23%. Wow. Vitamin A, 118% of your daily intake. Mm. Vitamin B6, 207% of your daily intake. Vitamin K, 1,429% of your daily intake. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Copper, 84% of your daily intake. Uh, magnesium, 107% of your daily intake. And manganese, 136% of your daily intake. Now, that is, that's just a hand-picked selection. This list goes on for ages of things wow. that scale down to, you know, 20% and 15%, whatever. You know, when, you, when you're putting the numbers together, it is yeah. absolutely mind-blowing about what's in it. I'm, you're never going to eat 100 grams in a go, but it's, it's, the, the point mean, is it's concentrated. You could if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what 100 sure. grams of sage looks like. <laughs> it looks like a smudge stick. <laughs> so, that, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on in sage, right? And yeah. you know, we've, we've talked about most of these vitamins and minerals over the course of the podcast, but yeah, yeah. Um, that, just, that just blew me away. I couldn't believe it when you, when you scale it up to the, the same yeah. size. Scaling up, I never thought to do that because we talked about, I mean, it's the same last week when we spoke about garlic, you know, we, we talked about one serve being a clove. Yeah, like which a, is like three grams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three or four grams, exactly, yeah. which is nothing. That's right, yeah. It um, provides massive um, massive nutrition. Yeah. It's, it's uh, man, that's cool. It's very cool, very cool, yeah. but it gets cooler. <laughs> so i'm not even going to discuss all the vitamins and minerals we talk about this stuff all the time i'm just going to move yes. into the more medicinal type uses for it right okay. so other than the vitamins and minerals sage is also quite high in antioxidants but particularly uh, polyphenols which yep. can act as antioxidants but they can also act as anti-inflammatories but sage has um, over 160 different polyphenols in it. Um, and they're, yeah, so like I said, they're a plant based compound that acts as an antioxidant. Um, there's a couple of particular, particular ones to concentrate on. One is uh, chlorogenic acid, uh, caffeic acid, rosmarinic acid, elagic acid, and rutin. So these ones are particularly important, right? 
Um, all of these are found to have particular health benefits in terms of uh, cancer risk and brain function and memory, but I'll, I'm going to go into more detail. But, you know, super packed with antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, so really good view in this. So uh, there was a study that uh, was done that found that drinking one cup of sage tea twice a day significantly increased uh, your antioxidant uh, levels and defenses, but it also lowered uh, your LDL, bad cholesterol, and mm -hmm. increased your HDL, your good cholesterol. Mm -hmm. We talk so about that a lot as well. We do, right? Yeah. So str straight away there, apart from antioxidant, you're, you're getting um, – really good health in terms of cardiovascular health and cholesterol because, mm. you know, cholesterol affects is one of the risk factors for heart disease. Mm. Um, there were some animal test test tube studies done uh, that showed sage could fight certain types of cancer, and, and these cancers were mouth, colon, liver, cervix, breast, skin, and kidney. Uh, it's yes. quite an extensive list there. That That is only animal study, though. Um so in these studies, it showed that sage suppressed the growth of the, the cancer cells, but also uh, killed them as well. So not only slowed the growth down, it would Jeez. kill cells that were already there. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's, um, not, uh, that's not often what you – like what these things do. No, you usually get one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times it's um, – you know, a lot of the things that we talked about, it's preventing free radicals. Yes, right? well, that's what your so antioxidants do, yeah. That's right. So, But to actually kill cancer cells, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I have to stress there are only animal studies. There aren't really any human studies on that yet, but um, that would be a good thing to look mm. into, I'd say. Yeah, I'm sure they are doing that. But I hope, uh, I hope, I hope that Big Pharma is doing it because <laughs> it's sage, right? And then they yeah. have to monetize it somehow. Wow. <laughs> that's what it always comes down to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about, and you, this is one of the things that sparked my interest uh, in the history, is oral health. Yes. So there's um, some some documented antimicrobial effects from sage that neutralise uh, microbes that um, are responsible for creating dental plaque. So they mm. can actually um, help with the plaque. There's a, stu a, a study done with a sage a sage based mouthwash. Uh, that was also shown to effectively kill Streptococcus, uh, which is a bacteria in the mouth that causes uh, cavities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, oh, I know all about that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a test tube study done um, on a sage oil, and uh, it was shown to kill and halt the spread of uh, Candida, a fungus that can also kill uh can also create cavities but candida can also um manifest on the skin and other places as well in the yep. body it's kind of um but yeah it's really good for that um that whole mouth feel <laughs> oh damn oh damn. Still colgate ad? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know which one it is don't say colgate. their name we're not, we're not sponsored by them so no we're not yeah colgate no. colgate if you're listening sage <laughs> <laughs> um get it in your guts <laughs> So there was also there was also a study that noted that uh, sage could treat uh, throat infections, dental abscess, infected gums, mouth ulcers, uh, but there needs to be more research to make um, a real kind of comprehensive recommendation. But yeah. I think you kind of spoke about a lot of those things in the history. Certainly did. 
That's yeah. really cool, man. Yeah, which I, I didn't know about sage and, and the oral benefits, so it was particularly mm. interesting. This one I knew about, this next category I knew about, which sounds weird, but it comes from my time of um, my brief stint as an owner of a health food shop, mm. and it's to do with sage and menopause. Um, oh. So I think uh, a lot of menopausal ladies out there will, will know straight away what, what I'm talking about, but sage was also always – um, always known. Well, when I say always known, it was it believed to be a cooling herb and really good for women when they're experiencing hot flushes and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. they would come in looking for sage tablets to kind of help with that. But um, I found some some good information here. So um, for those that don't know, menopause is is when there's a decline in uh, the female hormone estrogen, and that causes a bunch of bunch of nasty symptoms in the body one of those i said was hot flushes you got mm-hmm. sweating and irritability and those sorts of things um so sage has it's actually been known to it's a, a traditional use to reduce a lot of these symptoms um but uh it, it's believed that compounds in sage have estrogen like properties which is why why it's so good because menopause estrogens being lowered and if sage can kind of imitate or act like estrogen in the body it helps to regulate that hormone imbalance that's happening yeah um so these estrogen like properties allow it to bind to the receptors in the brain and um it helps with the hot flashes and excessive sweating and those sorts of things so uh, studies have shown that daily use of the sage supplement can significantly reduce the number and intensity of hot flushes over eight weeks so it is it is actually effective for those menopausal symptoms yeah wow yeah that's really cool it is super cool and cool because it's a cooling herb yeah (laughs) actually kind (laughs) of ah yes 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 i actually find that really fascinating because um you know sometimes uh, you know, when we talk about these herbs that were used back in ancient times to do things, you know, oftentimes we get into, you know, modern medicine and it's like, yeah, we need to do more studies. You know, we don't really know if it does too much stuff. You know, mm. we haven't really done too much research into it. Yeah. A lot of it's in vitro and we don't really know, you know, we haven't done conducted large human tests, right? Yeah. But the fact that this is one of those herbs that, translates into modern medicine and is still used medicinally Mm. um to you know control body temperature for um for people that's that's great that's amazing i love that it's pretty good yeah um so blood sugar levels you know we've we've talked about this a lot and Mm -hmm. i actually did some extra extra reading when i was looking at 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 sage particularly about the the antioxidants because i wanted to just learn a bit more about antioxidants and i there's there's a pretty clear link between antioxidants and blood sugar regulation so there's a Mm -hmm. lot of a lot of plants that we've talked about where we've got um really good um you know kind of regulation of blood sugar and it's linked with one with antioxidants but two with dietary fiber and both Mm -hmm. of these exist in quite high levels in in the sage plant so yeah um, it, it, there is, um, tr- traditional use of sage as a protection against diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been some research done on, uh, lowering blood sugar levels in one study, sage reduced blood glucose levels in rats with type one diabetes, 
um, it, it activated this uh, this receptor, and when when the receptor was activated, it helped clear excess free fatty acid in the blood, which um, the flow-on effect of reducing that fatty acid in the blood is improving insulin sensitivity. So having increased sensitivity can help keep your blood sugar levels in check. Mm. Uh, there was another study, and this one again is in uh, mice. It, it with mice that had type two diabetes found that uh, sage tea um, acts like a particular drug that's prescribed to people to manage their blood sugar with type mm. two diabetes. So it acted the same as a prescription drug on the market, just oh. sage tea. Yeah. Uh, and then in people, uh, sage leaf extract has been shown to to lower blood sugar uh, and um, have a similar effect as a. It's called uh, rosglitazone, and that's an anti anti diabetes drug as well. So it, okay. it can have the same effect as this drug. Uh, right. So I mean, obviously, more research needs to happen, but mm. uh, there's some pretty pretty strong arguments there for for sage and and diabetes yeah absolutely and particularly blood sugar levels yeah yeah mm. so yeah i know it's, it's it's crazy right the next the next category which is my last one is mm. and you and i it's our favorite topic it's about the brain Ooh, yes right yes yes, and, yes yes um i this i and i've said it a couple of times blew my mind it was yeah <laughs> This is one of those moments where I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> are, oh, you, are, you, are you for reals? <laughs> stop! Stop making me wait for this. Let's go." Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so we talked about the antioxidants, and a, a lot yes. of the antioxidants kind of plays into this effect that it has on the brain, right? So there was uh, some research published in 2003. Uh, in the pharmacological, biomechanical, uh, bio yeah, biochemical behavior. Is mm -hmm. the, it, this is the issue? Um, it confirms what herbalists have long known about sage, uh, and particularly good for the for the memory. So mm -hmm. this uh, placebo-controlled double-blind crossover study. So you know, yeah. yep. scientifically a, a considered to be a good study. Yep. Uh, they did two trials that were conducted using forty-five uh, young adult volunteers. Participants were given either placebo or a standardized essential oil extract of sage in doses ranging from 50 to 100 microls. Now, I haven't looked at what a microl is, but I assume mm. it's not huge amounts. No. Um, cognitive tests were then conducted one, two, four, five, and six hours afterwards in both trials. Uh, sorry, in both trials, even the 50 microl dose of sage significantly improved subjects' immediate recall. So the word significantly comes in there, significantly improved their immediate recall. So we're having a direct and instant impact on short-term memory. Holy. Yeah, that, so that was cool. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm thinking of... You know, people who are studying for exams and that sort of thing. Like, oh my gosh, man! Yeah, like get on the sage. Just, just eat some sage. I mean, it's not going to do you any gosh. harm. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, man, that's so cool. So that that was one one study. Now there's uh, another study that um, uh, was presented in the British Pharmaceutical Conference um, in 2003, and it was by Professor Peter Horton from King's College. And this guy provided data showing that um, 
the dried root, uh, and this is of a particular strain of sage called uh, Chinese sage. Mm. Uh, it contains active compounds similar to those developed in modern drugs used to treat Alzheimer's disease. Sage has been used, I'm going to quote this directly, sage has been used in the treatment of cerebro, cerebrovascular disease for over 1,000 years. Four compounds isolated from an extract of the root of Chinese sage were found to be acetylcholine esterase inhibitors. The memory loss characteristic of Alzheimer's disease is accompanied by an increase of this acetylcholine esterase, uh, increase of the activity of this, and it leads to de depletion from both uh, cholinogenic and non-cholinogenic -colin neurons of the brain. Um, so... I'm going to skip through a bunch of stuff here. Alzheimer's disease acts on this expression of activity. Um, by inhibiting the activity, SAGE provides a useful therapeutic option to the use of pharmaceutical acetylcholine esterase inhibitors. <laughs> See, like, why, why are we doing this, right? Oh why are we taking gosh, drugs? Man. Why are we taking pharmaceutical drugs? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I know why we are, but you know what I mean. Uh, disclaimer, uh, you continue to take your pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, that is amazing. Mm. Like seriously amazing. Yeah. Um, you would think that like, I mean, <laughs> it's really hard to kind of, uh, you know, just go, oh man, why aren't they doing this now? Like, I know, know there's a lot of factors in places, but yeah. Um, like, like putting in place sage tea at, at retirement villages, yeah. you know, just for everyone to be able to take sage tea all the time. Mm. I mean, who knows what impact that would have? Yeah. You know, coffee and tea is a given at, at most retirement villages. That's, it's just provided, right? Like, can you imagine what, what sage tea would do to... I mean, we don't know what cost looks like for this sort of thing, but, you know, to have such a massive impact as what you're talking about, you know, this, the root has pharmacologic, like it's it's almost the same as the drugs that they're actually giving people. Yeah. I yep. mean, I just find that crazy. I, I, I read that and went, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, That's fascinating, man. That to me is like sage feels like after I after I did this research mm -hmm. I immediately thought to myself uh, sage has to become more common in my house than it is like we we use it we use it occasionally yes and you know we discussed it earlier you know nice risotto or whatever but yeah. um I I feel like it it it, it absolutely has to become more common in my yes. household there's yes. no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, I just think back to the quote I just gave you from the guy in Salerno who yeah. said, you know, why should a man die while sage grows in his garden? Exactly. And yeah. it's not – it's never more true after we've gone through the nutritional and medicinal benefits of it in modern medicine, Yeah. you know, to say why don't we grow sage? Mm. Why don't many people grow safe? Why isn't it in your garden? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's well, I, I know it's not in mine, but I'm <laughs> I'm going to change that immediately. And I can yeah. tell you right now that it's actually one of the most sturdy plants that I've ever had. Yeah, well, I'm doing growing, and yeah, it's yeah. so easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man, mine can be dead. 
yep. and look dead. The leaves all dried up. Yep. And if I give it a little bit of water, yep. a couple of days, it's back to full bloom. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy, so that's right? really cool. Yep. Well, look. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm not finished that... yet. No. no not okay. Finished. Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So it, summing it up, it actually has. A, a benefit to both memory and just overall brain function. But uh, there are a couple of other things that um, SAGE is kind of, it's less less studied but more, you know, beliefs or, you know, other things that people use SAGE for. So things like um, alleviating diarrhea. Um, there was There have been some animal studies showing that it can help with, um, relaxing the gut and helping with diarrhea and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so the bone health, which plays into the vitamin K levels, mm-hmm. admittedly you don't get heaps of vitamin K unless you eat lots of sage. But because mm-hmm. of the high vitamin K, you've got you know support there for bone health. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the other thing is skin aging. So there's there's been a couple of small you know kind of in vitro studies that suggest that sage compounds uh, could help fight the signs of aging you know, in terms of wrinkles and, and skin health and that sort of thing as well. So it's pretty, pretty broad, pretty broad there. Yeah. Wow. But, but mate, that, that is the nutrition and medicinal qualities of sage. Wow. That was really cool, man. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. yeah it was really good. I need to make mention of a couple of things mm-hmm. playing on for you thing. Um, we talk a lot about animal testing because it's just in the research that we do. Ah, uh, yes. I just, yeah, I just probably just want to make mention that we um, really don't agree with animal testing for anything really, but um, we understand that this is part of the research that we do. Um, so we will be talking about it just so everyone knows um, that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk uh, really quickly about is, um, and this kind of leads on to the cooking and that, but, uh, you know, we talked about sage tea quite a bit and that's how people kind of get it into you um, or a really easy way to get sage, you know, into your body. I'm going to give you a recipe for sage tea. Cool. Like right now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, so sage tea is actually caffeine free. Uh, you can enjoy it hot or cold or whatever you want. Um, you basically just strain out the leaves. Um, but it's four cups of water and then about half um, – they've got half an ounce of sage leaves here. It's about 45 leaves. Mm. Okay. Um, and then you put um, a couple of tablespoons of sugar. Um, uh, it's, it's about one and a half teaspoons of lemon zest and three tablespoons of lemon juice as well. Basically, bring your water to the boil, you know, keep it simmering, and then you add your sage, sugar, lemon zest, lemon in, and then you l- let it steep for about mm. 20 to 30 minutes um, and then strain out all of the things and then serve it. Nice. That's, That's it. simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder what it would be like without the sugar. Uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, you're talking about, um, something that probably needs something sweet to give it a bit more, but you know, there's nothing stopping you from swapping out a, 
you know, a sugar, which mm. is a processed sugar for something a little bit more natural if you're wanting to sweeten it up. Mm. You could always chuck some maple syrup into it if you mm. wanted to, maybe a, a yeah. teaspoon of maple syrup or something like that. Yeah. Um, just make sure it's not maple-flavoured syrup. Yeah, no, it needs um, to be the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a very simple thing. And, you know, 45 leaves, you can get 45 leaves of sage off of a, you know, a mid-sized bush very mm. easily. Mm. So um, the sage plant that we that I have growing in our garden is only about oh, 10 centimetres tall and it mm. has, oh, I don't know, at least 15 leaves on it. Well, it's when only I was, tiny. When I was researching the growing, I read that mm. they, they can grow up to a metre tall. Yes. Yeah. And did you know that their root system can grow a meter down? Uh, I knew that they had quite an extensive root system, mm. but I didn't know it was that far. Yeah. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Um, but let's talk cooking, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Basically, I'm going to run you through a couple of do's and don'ts and why, you know, how it's used in a lot of different things. I'm going to talk about a couple of my favorite recipes and ones that you should try at home, what you can try and do with sage at home to try and, you know, put it into more dishes. And then I'm also going to talk about um, uh, a cocktail that you can make, which you put sage in as well, um, just so that, you know, it's uh, something that you <laughs> I had a cocktail as well. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what was yours? Um, Let's start with cocktails. May as well, man. We're both enjoying a glass of whiskey at the moment. So I'm just trying to find where I wrote it down. Uh, it was a gin and pear cocktail that had um, some um, like um, some burnt sage. So it's kind of like a smoky sage mm-hmm. in the cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Yep. Mine was um, it's called a sage brown derby. Oh yeah. And it's basically rye whiskey, um, uh, pink grapefruit juice, some lime juice, agave syrup, a um, couple of things of bitters, like a couple of dashes of bitters, and a, a fresh sage leaf that you. So basically, you put your whiskey and your grapefruit juice, lime, agave syrup, and your bitters together in some ice and then shake it then you pour it out and then you get your sage leaf and essentially to activate your sage leaf you just put it you know in your palm and then slap oh yeah sage leaf till it becomes fragrant and then you just float it on the top of your cocktail that's cool yeah Yeah. nice huh makes me want to have it right now (laughs) delicious you can find that at bon appetit Oh, yeah. Uh, dot yeah. com. Uh, really, really cool little recipe there. Okay, let's talk about cooking with sage. So, look, sage has got a pretty strong flavor and aroma. Mm. So, um, you know, adding it early in the process is a good idea rather than, you know, cooking with it late because it's so powerful. It can overpower a lot of things. Um, but when you start frying off or cooking with sage it kind of mellows out the flavor um you can fry it um you can um just you know crush it up and put it into different dishes you can you know um grind it in your mortar and pestle and add it into pestos um you can add it to your italian tomato sauces um it goes really well with parsley and bay leaves so you know that's definitely something you can 
you know, chuck into anything. A lot of people use it for stuffing as well. It's very common, um, commonly used in stuffing. Um, okay, here's some do's and don'ts, okay? Um, do use it lightly. Yeah. Okay. Now it's overwhelming, so a little bit goes a long way. And I think this kind of ties into <laughs> why we're not having 100 grams of sage. Serving size, yeah. <laughs> it's quite potent. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, having it in small doses. Yeah, I don't think that that takes away from the medicinal properties of it and the nutritional benefits not having it as 100 grams. Like just one gram of it is giving you like an amazing amount of nutritional benefits. Mm. So, you know, don't, don't let the fact that it can be a bit powerful kind of overshadow anything. Cause you can, you can cook it down so that you can hardly, um, you know, so it's not too powerful a flavor. Yeah. Um, so complementary flavors for, um, sage. So do cook it with garlic, rosemary, bay leaves. Um, it's really good to do that. Um, here's a way to preserve it correctly. So you can freeze your sage in ice cubes. Mm. Mm. Have you seen this before? Yeah, uh, we've done it with um, not sage but other herbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, it's actually really good for... Um, you know, putting it into cold drinks later yeah. on. Yeah. So if you're wanting to get those sage health benefits and you just want to do it in some water, then freeze mm. it in some ice cubes and pop it in your water yep. or put it in your soda from a soda stream or yep. whatever you want to use. This is not a promo for soda stream. <laughs> uh, mate, I'm just plugging all the products and I don't know. Just giving it away. I know. Um, other preservation uh, methods include um, sage vinegar. Um, you can also do a sage butter, um, which is very common, I must yep. say. Sage butter is like a you know really big thing. So, I mean, there's nothing to stop you from frying up sage um, and then adding it to to butter, yeah, and then creating a whole jar of sage butter. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely an option. Um, they use sage with dairy products as well. Um, I don't have any dairy, but I mean, that's not to say that um, it wouldn't go well with a plant-based cheese. Um, it's it's really good that it goes with mild and creamy sort of mm. cheeses. Yeah. yeah so they use does. yeah. yeah. So like a feta and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, you know, even steep it, like putting some sage into the oil of a feta. Mm. Um, again, I I only have plant-based feta, but, you know, same, same as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um, uh, you also want to choose it carefully. So making sure that you're getting like fresh and vibrant leaves. So the ones that look a little bit discolored um, and that aren't standing up. So sage will tend, typically stand up when it's fresh. Yeah. Um, on the tree or on the plant. So make sure you just grab the ones that are looking good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, okay, next part, don'ts. Uh, so, I mean, this one is kind of here or there, but, you know, don't really use it raw. Um, it 
you can use it raw. There's nothing against using it raw. It's just that it can be um, a little bit unpleasant in salads mm. and things like that if it's if it's raw because it can be quite um, quite overpowering. Yeah, and the yeah. texture's a bit funny too. Correct. Yeah. Um, and don't have it if you're pregnant because um, it can. It has been reported as the cause of uterine contractions. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, Sorry. Have I heard of people having sage to get to help? <laughs> I thought you just had a contraction. <laughs> I was like, uterine contractions. And you were like, uh, oh, 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 oh. I was just wondering if I'd heard of people taking sage to help um, when juice. the baby's due, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Um, okay, so I'm going to give you some like common pairings now. So a very common pairing with sage is polenta. I don't know if you've made a sage polenta before. I haven't, no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So uh, this is the thing about polenta, right? Polenta essentially is just, you know, your corn polenta and then you add in water or stock, whatever you want to do, and then you basically chuck in a buttload of butter yeah. to make it you know, velvety and yeah. lovely. So when we talk about sage, we're talking about sage butter is like a perfect match for it. So sage yeah. polenta is just like match made yeah. in heaven, right? Yeah. Um, really easy way to incorporate, you know, a number of leaves into your dish without it becoming too crazy. Um, sage and onions are really good uh, mix as well. Sage and white beans. Mm, so okay. yep. you can do a white bean hummus Ooh. with sage in it. Nice. Yeah, I think yeah. that that sounds amazing. Um, sage and apple. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sage and pineapple as well. And there's even sage and roasted peanuts. Yes, that would make sense because, yeah. well, you say peanuts, I was thinking of pine nuts, but yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, same, same, right? Yeah, because um, we, we do a like a um, – Pumpkin risotto with um, burnt butter, sage, and roasted pine nuts. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it is the best. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to expand everyone's minds here with things that you can do with. Yeah. So I'm just going to read out a list of. Yeah, recipes. good. Because, I mean, yeah. I really only have used sage in a risotto. So I need yeah. to, I need to okay. know more. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you can do a sage butter with ricotta. I mean, oh, you stupid idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a sage butter with gnocchi. <laughs> ricotta. How ricotta did you get ricotta? Oh, oh, my God. Oh, it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's backtrack there. Yeah. Sage butter with gnocchi. Um, which is actually delicious. I've had this before. I've made this before. It is so, so very simple. It's just gnocchi that's been cooked, and then you throw it into a pan. Once you've cooked your gnocchi and it floats to the surface, you just skim it out and chuck it into a pan that's got butter and sage in there, yeah. and you just fry it off, man, and then serve a bit of cracked pepper over the top of it. And, oh, Perfect. my, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, you can do sage butter on ravioli as well. So like pumpkin ravioli with Ooh, yeah. sage butter over the top yeah. of it. Beautiful. Um, you can use sage olive oil with pasta. Um, you can put it into pesto. You can add sage into bean dishes. 
So as we said before, the white bean, but there's nothing stopping you from putting sage into other bean dishes as well. Um, you can use it in risottos, like we said, with like thyme and rosemary, or you can put sage into soups. So I'm thinking a potato and leek soup, yeah. adding sage in there as well would be yeah. perfect. Um, you can add it into your tomato sauces with your basils and your thymes and your parsleys. Um, you can even just deep fry the leaves up and serve them as an appetizer, just fried sage leaves. They, I've, I've eaten them like that and they're delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can have it on asparagus. You can do it in a cabbage soup. You can have, you know, it with roast butternut squash. You can do a sweet potato gnocchi with chestnuts and fried sage as well. Um, they even make sage ice cream, sage panna cotta, um, freeze it in ice cubes. Um, yeah, there That's you cool. go. The yeah. list goes on. I love it. Right. So there's a multitude of ways to use it. I would say if you just want to incorporate it quickly and easily, add it in with a tomato sauce for your pasta. Yeah. You know, just, just you know, shove it in there. Yeah, yeah. And fry it off with some butter. So Nuttlex or whatever you want to use, um, just fry it off with that and chuck it onto. I mean, you could even – it doesn't have to be gnocchi. You can do just plain pasta – yeah. That you fried off with with a sage butter and it will taste amazing. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. So um love it. Yeah. Um I'm gonna put a recipe up on uh the Messy Veggies website next week with a sage uh polenta with a um it's gonna be a paid uh, a pumpkin um sage polenta is going to be really yum yeah so uh watch out for that and we'll link to it from the instagram account as well nice mm. so there you go that's how you cook with uh, are you, that's how you cook with sage are you gonna cook some more with sage now oh 100 percent. yeah 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 what would I, be the first thing you wanted to cook the polenta yeah yeah and then i think second would be um the sage butter and then just Maybe just have a, a taste and see what I what I compare it with. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. That's it, mate. Man, I love that. I, I mean, not only is it good for you, but lots of things you can do with it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, for me, I'm going to start having sage tea. And you don't have to have fresh sage to make this tea either. You can buy no, sage yeah, tea. Yeah, just a bit of dried sage. Oh, yeah, well, sage no, you tea. can buy yeah. sage tea. You man. can, yeah. So, it's quite common. Yeah. yeah. Um, I reckon that's on my shopping list. I'm going to get some this week. Yeah. Mm. This is pretty simple, right? It, You can grow it in a garden or a pot. It'll grow anywhere. You can grow it from seed. You just got to water it or water it well. Um, it loves as much sun as you can give it. And um, you only have to water it if the soil dries out. So you don't need to kind of keep it wet all the time. Just watch it. If the soil dries out, give it give it a top up. So it's quite yeah. hardy. Yeah. Um, but once it's started to grow, then you can start picking the leaves from it. You just – when the, when the, the tree is young or the bush – the plant is young 
you just uh, you just have to be careful not to over harvest it. So you need to not take too much at the start and just let mm. it start to build up and and become a little bit more hardy, and then you can really start to to take as much sage as you want. Okay. Um, so it's probably best to have a couple of plants growing at first. Yeah. But um, one thing it's particularly good for is uh, attracting bees. So if you've got a garden, um, mm. it's a good kind of like uh, border border plant where it'll attract the bees because the um, I don't think I've ever seen them, but from what I read, the flowers are actually quite beautiful. So oh, they wow. um, really attract the bees. Yes. Um, They're so you purple, can, aren't they? I, think uh, I, I don't know, but yeah. Um, I think I saw a couple of pictures of them. That yeah, it, bright purple flowers. Yeah, cool. Mine's never flowered though. There you go. Oh, you probably you probably take enough off it, and it doesn't ever get to the flowering stage, do you? Or? Yeah. Well, yeah. Plus, it's in a very small pot. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking yeah. like you know five centimeters by five centimeters. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's it grows to what you put yeah. it in. Yeah. Um. So definitely, uh, I'm assuming you know. A bigger pot if you want it to be bigger, yeah. But it'll grow to the size of the pot. Yeah, and it it can grow up to one meter in height. So if mm. you if you if it's got the space, it'll it'll really grow. Mm. Um. So, but like I said, it's it's pretty hardy. So once the once it's fully established, it can tolerate fairly dry conditions. So it will it will handle. Uh, I translate dry conditions to neglect. <laughs> So we'll handle neglect from from people. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have neglected uh, our plant, but it is still alive. Yeah. I don't think I've watered it in a few months. Yeah. It's probably like, honestly in winter. It's probably okay too because it's yeah, but not no, as hot. we're only just getting into winter now. Yeah. We're talking about I have probably haven't watered it since March, and it's still alive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you do let it go to flower, um, let that process happen and then just give it a kind of a really light prune after it's finished the flowering. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't cut it back to the woody stems. Just prune um, to prune the heavier woody stems only once a year. So you kind of um, – you don't need to give it a full prune, just, just a yeah. little bit and then give it a good prune once a year. Okay. Um, the other thing that I wanted to note was – uh, when when you harvest it so like i said earlier it was making sure you only take a little bit in that first kind of year where the plant's really starting to establish uh once it's fully established you can harvest up to three times in a season um it's important to this says stop or i think slow down or you know just be be wary about the plant's health coming into winter so yeah sort of late autumn start to really uh, consider whether whether you need to take some sage off a particular plant or you know what it's looking like is it healthy mm. um and the, the plants themselves uh will last for a long time but they do have they do have a lifespan so eventually yes. the plant will die and you'll need to replace it with another plant um i've seen some places that say three years i've seen some that say three to five years and i've seen some that say six to seven so it probably yeah. just de- depends on um you know how you look after it and the quality of the soil and the, yeah. the you know that sort of thing but the plant will die at some point and you won't be able to bring it back to life yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's good to know um it just means that you haven't really 
messed up too much. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So if your sage plant dies, because obviously I haven't watered it in three months and the thing's still going. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't watered it in three months and it's dead, then maybe it's dead. It yeah. might actually not be your fault. Maybe. <laughs> Take <laughs> heed. Yeah. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's the plant. It That's didn't it. last. But look, yeah. at the end of the day, super hardy plant. You can grow it anywhere. Yeah. Just just plant some and oh, man. yeah, get into it. I'm super excited to plant sage now. Yeah. Um, so companion plants. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Short and sweet, beans, carrot, rosemary, and strawberry. Nice. Yeah. Ooh. Can you imagine like um, – like sage and strawberry, like, you know, like a strawberry smoothie with the ice blocks with sage in it. Well, I was thinking like a um, strawberry and sage panna cotta. Ooh. Yeah. Tim, you're a chef. <laughs> <laughs> sounds delicious, mate. Yeah, oh yeah it does gosh. sound good. That sounds really good. Yeah. And uh, rosemary, I, I'm thinking um, sage and rosemary butter, not just sage mm, butter. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We'll see. But I hey. have a really big rosemary bush in my in my little herb planter, so mm-hmm. I am going to plant my sage in there with the rosemary. Yeah, amazing man, that's really cool. Yep, you'll have to um you have to take a couple of pictures when you're planting your sage. Yep. Okay. Yeah, um, and we will put those up. That's oh man, that was really cool. Yep. But uh, mate, that's that's how to grow sage. Yep. Wow. Look at you. Now, is there a way to store it? Uh, you, you you touched on the storage, so I didn't go into it too much. Okay. But uh, yeah, the freezing, right. really, at the end of the day, or, um, I mean, you can buy dried sage if you wanted to or just yeah, yeah, pick yeah. it as you need it, really. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, awesome. Oh, man. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm, like, really pumped to go and get some sage from, like, a nursery or something like that. Just so Yeah. I, I just hope more that we're in winter we, i hope that we can that they're still around yeah yeah well it shouldn't be too hard to get your hands on some surely i, I hope not yeah. hmm. um wow well that was a lot of fun man yeah it was yep yeah i enjoyed that this week i enjoy every week mate what are you talking about well no i just <laughs> you know i enjoyed this a lot more than snow peas yeah i bet you did <laughs> Even though snow peas were high in vitamin K as well, I believe. Uh, K and C, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, a lot of crossovers with a lot of the vegetables that we do um, yep. in the nutritional uh, benefits of them. Lots of very good, um, very good things to pull from them. Um, but yeah, wow, that was really cool. Sure was, mate. Thanks, man. Thank um, you. Well, as always, uh, I guess it's a massive thank you to everyone who has tuned in um, and has listened to the podcast. Um, we do actually have some big news about the timing of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. So we are making a move from our usual Fridays to Tuesdays. Um, so we'll be releasing each episode on Tuesday from now on instead of Friday, which means, uh, so this one obviously is coming out today, which is Friday, the 19th of the sixth. Um, but the next episode will be the following Tuesday. So not, 
uh, Friday the 26th. It will actually be coming out on Tuesday the 30th of June. Yeah. Um, just because uh, – well, just because. There just because. Just because we wanted to. Yeah. Well, it gives a little bit more breathing room for us to prepare the episode. Um, and also uh, we're kind of gearing it up for people to listen to on public transport if you're going on public transport or in the car going to work. Yeah. Uh, we want to give people an opportunity to, um, you know, uh, school themselves on a bit of plant knowledge um, uh, either before or after work. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Um, yeah, well, look, another week done and done and dusted. Uh, we have, I mean, I keep saying that we're having guests. We are having guests uh, coming up. It is up. happening, um, yes. <laughs> Um, but as soon as we've got, we have got a couple locked in already, but, uh, these interviews are happening in July. So, um, uh, but it will be fun. Um, I can yeah. tell you that we are, uh, doing, uh, a podcast with a guest about cauliflower. So that's coming up. We were also talking to someone about coconuts, which is coming up as well. Um, we will be talking to someone about uh, pineapple as well in a future yep. episode. Um, a little off-center, not so much about eating pineapple, but um, some of the byproducts of pineapple and how they are used in um, the manufacture of goods, which is really interesting, and I'm very, uh, very excited about that episode as well. Um, and lots of other things, cacao, spirulina, like there's a lot of things coming up that is to get excited about. Yeah, man. It's mm. going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be really good. And those interviews will not sidetrack from what we are already doing. So we'll still be covering history, nutrition, planting, and cooking. It's just that we will be adding in like a little um, – a little segment where we talk to some other people about these particular plants yeah, as well. Yeah, some sort of alternatives as well. Yeah, because yeah, we're not experts in anything. We kind of do our research and become experts uh, that week. Yep. Um, but, you know, we're, we're talking to some people who have got long histories in these uh, vegetables and plants. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be really exciting to bring some other people into it. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Um, well, okay. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, mate. That's all I've got for you. Yes, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you go to sleep. Yeah. And uh, I also am going to go and uh, pass out. Uh, but uh, look, until next time, do yourself a favor and go and eat some more plants. <laughs> Thank you.